0: I'm glad you chose to join us today. This is April 11th, and this is the the second Sunday of Easter. The text that I'll be reading to you happens uh, on that first Sunday that Christ arose um, in the evening. And before I start reading the text, I want to remind you that next week we'll be receiving communion together so I invite you to prepare ahead of time. Again, the text I'll be sharing with you today is found in John chapter 19, and I'll be starting at verse 19. On the evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among, the, among them and said, "'Peace be with you.' After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now Thomas, called Didymus, one of the twelve, was with Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and see my, see my hands, reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe, Thomas said. My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by by believing you may have life in his name. Pray with me, please. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, the message today is peace, and peace that only you can bring. Much more than just the the word and and the meaning in today's language, but a peace that passes all understanding. A peace that is only found in you. So, Father, can we put everything else aside and focus on you today and what you have done for us? Be glorified, Lord. Be lifted up. In Jesus' name, amen. I understand that our uh, Lord and Savior, His presence, the Holy Spirit, is the real teacher here. So help us in this, in the evening of the first and glorious Easter. It wasn't glorious for the ten disciples who were present. Judas is gone because he betrayed Jesus. Thomas was absent for a reason the Bible uh, is silent on, and the remaining ten were scared to death because they thought they were next. One version worded verse 19, the first part, that Sunday evening the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. (laughs) What a way to usher in the greatest event in Christian history. Little did the disciples know that they were taking part in what could be described as the Super Bowl of all Christian events. And where are they? Huddled in a little room, keeping their voices down. Doors blockade, all nooks and crannies covered to make sure light doesn't escape from their lamps and reveal their location. We seem to always spend our time during the resurrection talking about the fears of the remaining disciples. My guess is because that's what we can most relate to, fear. What about the victor, Jesus Christ himself? What must, how, how must have he felt? Of all of the great and remarkable things Christ has done, this has by far surpassed them all. By Christ being resurrected from the grave, He has done what no one else has ever done before. And note, because of what Christ has done, He has prepared the way for us, Christ followers, all over the world to do likewise. And how is that received? <laughs> With fear and trembling. What if knowing how they would react is why Christ was in such turmoil leading up to this event? That he sweat drops of blood because he knew how they would react? How many times has Jesus mentioned their lack of faith when challenged? How much more now, only if Jesus said as much, it might have crushed the disciples' spirit indefinitely? with doors locked. Jesus shows up behind them with encouraging words of comfort. Peace be with you. Without pointing fingers at the frightened disciples, can we look at ourselves? By this time last year, we started entering a dark period in our history. Everything went into a lockdown in order to knock down COVID-19. What started out as a two-week period To get a handle on it turned out to be over a year of restrictive lockdowns. The term, follow the science, was drilled into us. That was bad enough, but then COVID-19 was politicized to the point that caused divisions, even among his followers. How that must have broken his heart. The virus is scary enough by itself, and then... You had the maskers versus the unmaskers, (laughs) those who are willing to get the vaccine and those who refuse. The news outlets didn't seem to help much. Uh, It didn't matter who you listened to. They had different views. The information out there was divisive because everyone claimed to be following the science. I'm kind of sick of that term. Upon reading our text, I question how much difference they are, the disciples are, between us today. It is like we have been in the darkness for well over a year. Then the Savior arrives. This is sarcasm. The Savior, I mean the vaccine, the science. And while the vaccine, the Savior of the day, has been injected into our arms, fear of catching COVID-19 still looms over us. (laughs) Christ followers, the message today is that you don't have to remain in the dark, hopeless surrounding any longer. Why? Because Jesus still wants to break through and bring light and hope to you, to me. I believe this is a timely message today. I believe in science and approve of modern medicine. Don't get me wrong. But you and I must come to the point where God is still in charge of our outcome, regardless of our situation. Granted, we live in a culture that wants darkness, even promotes darkness. They may say otherwise. But it is anti-everything that has to do with the one true God we worship today. It is near impossible to be politically correct and still preach the Word of God. Why? One cannot point out a sin today without offending someone. If you need examples of the darkness, try typing in God with a capital G through Google search search. It's amazing. It automatically changes to the lowercase. Same with Lord with a capital L. Or try following the science for DNA and gender equalities. <laughs> you will find articles that say something like, when the science is wrong, it is subtle, I agree, but the darkness is becoming overpowering. I want to stand with the old theologians who proclaim that true science proves the Bible to be true. Christ followers, let us be reminded that Jesus still brings peace. He is the peace giver, no matter how dark your path may get. Jesus, Jesus' greeting may have fallen on the deaf ears of the disciples. But it was intended to be filled with a deeper meaning. The same message he said earlier found in John fourteen twenty seven, where he says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. He goes on to say, I do not give you as the world gives you. Do not let your heart be troubled. Do not be troubled. Excuse me. Do not let your heart be troubled and do not be afraid. And another time, Jesus said, in verse uh, in John 16:33, Jesus says, I have told you these things so that in me, so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Are you living in fear today? Does it seem like your world is closing in because of the darkness surrounding you? Jesus wants to bring you peace. The beloved disciple uh, John made this observation concerning fear, and this is found in 1 John 4.18, where John says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. Because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We become frightful because we take our eyes off the prize. We forget that the promise of eternal life is for those who accept Christ's forgiveness of sin. We forget that those who have, have a standing with the Creator of the universe. The Apostle Paul uh, wrote about our eternal standing, Romans eight thirty seven. He goes on. He goes on. He says, in all things, in all these things, we we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. Then he goes on to say, for I am convinced that neither death nor life. Neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth or anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? Christ followers. Answer, what is the worst thing that can happen in your life? One might answer, well, the worst thing that can possibly happen in my life is to die. (laughs) Christ followers, tell me again, what is the worst thing that can happen in your life? You see, for you, that would mean that you would be ushered into eternal life, walking the streets of gold with the saints of God. Christ followers. While living in this world, it's a win-win situation because of what Christ did for you and me on the cross, and then when he rose again from the grave. So in our darkest hours, we can allow Christ to say, peace, I am with you. A peace that passes all earthly understanding. Pray with me, please. Dear Heavenly Father, only you know our situation. Lord, you know what we're going through. Lord, if we're living in fear, if we're being beaten down by the darkness around us, may we call upon you, the giver of peace, the peace giver, to intercede, to intercede, bring peace. And Father, if there's any sin in our lives, we confess it now. And Lord, we just ask that you would give us a brand new slate, a new beginning, and we'll live for you, Father. And thank you so much for what Jesus Christ did for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Now next week, God bless you. Remember, we'll be receiving communion together. Bye.